Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. American Glutton Podcast has a Patreon. Do you hate commercials? Well, we've got a Patreon. Do you want bonus episodes? That's on the Patreon. Do you want to hang out and chat in our Discord channel? That's part of the Patreon, too. We even have an option where you can leave me voicemails. All on the Patreon. So check it out today. Patreon.com slash American Glutton. We have a Patreon. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show... Please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. American Glutton is brought to you by Trifecta. Trifecta is the perfect tool for diet and maintenance adherence. It reduces time, thought, and effort in making sure I am never without the food I need to succeed. Go to www.trifectanutrition.com slash American Glutton where you will get 40% off your first order. Today on American Glutton, I'm joined by Tara Stiles, founder of Strala, the revolutionary approach to being, moving, and healing. Tara teaches yoga, tai chi, and traditional Chinese medicine to help people release stress, let go of bad habits, and move easily through all kinds of challenge. Today we are going to talk about softness and how that can be a foundation of strength. You can find Tara on Instagram, at Tara Stiles. Tara Stiles, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you about a, a couple of different things. But first, I want to talk about the Make Your Own Rules Diet book. How does that work? Because right <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm like, this sounds like a really fun diet. <laughs> Today's pizza day. Sure. Uh, yeah, that book I wrote, gosh, it was, I think it came out in 2013 or 2014. And I'd been a yoga teacher for over 10 years at that time. And you know, you move your body and exercise. So does a lot of people listening to you. And people would come in and ask me, what do I eat? What do I do? 
<laughs> I would just throw Michael Pollan's book at everybody, you know, just to, everybody knows what to eat, of course, to the certain degree of, you know, eat plants, eat simple foods. If you're going to eat meat, all of those things, but we're not doing it. Or at least what I found out from people coming in is they weren't doing it because they didn't feel good. They didn't feel like eating something that would nourish them. So also not being a medical doctor or have taken any of the nutrition trainings, whatever those are, I just felt more comfortable being movement and yoga as my expertise saying, take the classes and our yoga is more based in Tai Chi and softness and ease and whole self-harmony. And I said, just, just go to yoga, forget about it, forget about it. You obviously are healthy enough to walk into this room. You don't actually need me to take you to the hospital. So what would start to happen is the same kind of worried people that would ask someone like me what to eat would then take a few classes and essentially get more sensitized, more in tune to what they actually enjoy eating from that area of healthy foods and just start to get creative in the kitchen, start to go to the market more, start to ask other people what their favorite recipes are. So this idea of make your own rules is really meant to start with a practice that helps you tune in, get more sensitized. So you actually feel like taking better care of yourself. Yeah. All right. That's amazing. That makes a lot of sense. I, I think I liken it to, and I, and I want to talk to you about yoga and mindfulness and all of um, the ideas I have about it. Cause I haven't done that. I've gone to yoga once or twice, but I, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I know yeah. nothing about it. Um, but like if I if I if I've spent a lot of time at the gym and you just you know, I don't know what everybody's doing diet wise, but you see people who are there consistently are making progress. And therefore, I would think that they've figured something out with their <laughs> diet. You know what I mean? It's I don't see a lot of people at the gym that I've been going to for for years that have not progressed in some mm. way. So just showing up, I guess, is a good step one in that sense. Yeah, showing up obviously is super important. And I think you must be in a really great environment in that gym. The only times I would see where showing up to our yoga studio didn't work is when that person was so neurotic that they did yoga at 8 a.m. and then they went to a spinning class and then they had a really strict diet. Even if it was healthy, it wasn't working for them. And they weren't giving themselves that space and time to actually relax and enjoy and understand what they really needed for themselves. So that kind of force, push and struggle, whether you're in a yoga class or in a gym is really, I think, the biggest thing that's that I saw was in people's ways of just actually making that progress. Yeah. OK, well, then, and then that brings me to my one story about yoga, which I used to be uh, over a decade ago. Uh, cyclist and I would ride my bike like eight hours a day wow. every day and then if it was and I lived in Los Angeles so we had great weather almost year round but if you got the rainy morning where you couldn't go ride your bike I would go and do sometimes two spin classes back to back mm -hmm. and I had a buddy who said you really want to kick your ass go to yoga after <laughs> spinning and I was like I'll do anything and I did two spinning classes and I always weighed myself after and I'd lost like a full gallon of water, which, which you know, I was like, hurrah. And I go to the spinning class and it's hot, or sorry, yoga class and it's hot yoga. And the, the gal instructor said, just so you know, we have one rule and that's you don't leave. Mm. 
you, you don't have to participate. You can lay down and drink water, but you cannot leave. Like we lock the door mm. and it's 115 degrees mm. in this room. And I was like, okay. And I did a couple of poses and my heart rate came up real high. And so I laid down and my heart rate was not coming down. And I mm. actually remember thinking like, am I going to die in this yoga class? Mm. Because her rule is not to leave. And after a bit, and I didn't, I didn't try to leave. Um, and my heart rate came down and I didn't mm. die, but that was the only time I was ever in a, an exercise class. And I thought I might die from it. And it was mm. yoga. And I was like, yoga is supposed to be like easy and peaceful. It was so hard. Uh, well, yoga is become one of these things that's, it just could be anything at this point. Right. I mean, you could be doing yoga to hip hop music on a roof or on a boat with a goat on you or in a really extreme environment like that. I wouldn't go back to yoga if that was my first example into it, but you know, that draws in again, I think that kind of personality that in some shape or form, maybe this isn't totally fair, but that hates themselves in this way and is looking for that kind of punishment. And maybe there's that effect where similar to if you survive a car accident, like I did it, I get that big euphoria of cortisol release. But again, it's a stress response. It's kind of a trick to right. having done something good for yourself. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So now um, having read about you and, 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 and I, I am, I, my perception is your form of yoga. sorry, your form of yoga is more what I always thought of yoga, which is like, there's mindfulness involved, right? Is that something you talk about mindfulness? Because this is a topic that I, the word mindfulness makes my skin crawl a little bit, but then I go like, honestly, if I'm being completely fair, being uh, introspective at all, or observant of my mind is dark and scary and it's, it's, um, dangerous maybe. Right. And so I have, uh, I'm repelled from doing that. But when I try to practice this in terms of like, I was morbidly obese. And so I, I trampled all the triggers I ever had with like what my body, when my body's telling me you're full, I didn't know how to experience mm. that. So now part of my practice is to like, observe the meal I'm going to eat and know that this is adequate and then eat it as slowly as possible, which for me is also very difficult because I'm a compulsively fast eater, but take my time and try to be aware of what my body is saying to me or communicating with me biochemically, even mm. as I'm eating. And this to me, I go like, you're fucking doing mindfulness, dude. Yeah. That's what you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, shut up about it being a weird word. Well, it's a weird word because yoga and mindfulness and all these things are so performative. I mean, cool guys like Ram Das and Krishna Das would talk about spiritual materialism. And now it's just sort of faking it and wearing the costumes and, you know, everything goes through stages and decades. When I started doing yoga, it was the guru's own the yoga and you had to kind of bow down to them. And, and I never really bought onto that. That always kind of read, well, that doesn't really make sense. Yoga is awesome, but I don't need to respect some person to a degree where I give up respecting myself. Sure. But now it's sort of the internet of it all with the wellness Kardashians. You know, you've got some super wealthy girl with all the 
fancy clothes, going to yoga and, and telling everybody who's apparently watching that they should also be wealthy and going to yoga. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so you just, you just mindful your way into, uh, you know, extreme wealth. This is, <laughs> this is all it is. But you're right. It's, it's all kind of a joke. The, the idea of it isn't a joke though, because once you find it for yourself, and this is why I fell for yoga in a very simple way. I grew up doing contemporary dance and I just got lucky. My ballet teacher brought yoga into our program. And this was the nineties before yoga was really anywhere in America. And I thought, this is amazing. I have similar feelings from growing up. Any of those moments where I felt good about myself or like I had some potential or I was here to do something on purpose or any of those kind of, where do you put those feelings? It kind of felt like a home in yoga. And the teacher was nobody, nobody important. He looked like Jack Tripper from Three's Company, <laughs> just sitting there at the front of the room, happy for no reason. And I thought, this is great. And, and really, my second thought was, why doesn't everybody do this? Yeah. So that kind of really set me on a quest. And then I learned, you know, I, all my friends were like you. They were going to the gym and saying, yeah, I went to a yoga class once and it didn't make any sense. Or the teacher had this weird rule or something bad happened to me there. So I really thought about it quite a bit and started sharing yoga in this way where it's about you feeling like you feeling connected to yourself. And I really feel like that's the heart of yoga anyway. And, and then I started learning more as I guess a lot of people do when they get into one area of something, I learned more about Tai Chi and Shiatsu and kind of all of the healing arts, which aren't as popular, but say better things like move in harmony with yourself by how you're moving, not just on a bumper sticker and listen to how you feel, notice how you feel and respond, which is always how I felt about yoga coming from a dance background. It's not about, oh, you get your body into this magical position and then the pearly gates come down. You're moving your whole self in, harm in harmony the whole time. Then all of a sudden you notice what's happening with you. You can observe your mind without trying to observe your mind. You're just simply being with yourself and you should feel like yourself. And Anything that has extreme power and makes you feel so good, everybody's going to try to grab onto that and manipulate it and, and all of that. So I just feel like there was a lot of opportunity for me to share this thing that had helped me so much in a way that hopefully is a bit more of the make your own rules style, not to just do whatever you want. But hey, when you're doing yoga at home, you just doing it right now, if you did a few things you would do the things that felt good to you, that felt like they were helping you or supporting you from your fitness and from your nutrition. But that's that kind of idea still, unfortunately, isn't how everybody thinks of yoga. But that's really my my goal to help people feel better with this practice of, of ease with yoga. I mean, it's really amazing. And uh, even just thinking about like this thing you say, um, feeling like you are yourself mm. it's such a weird thing and um and i experienced that all the time personally like as a very large person i didn't feel like myself and then even when i just achieved the uh physical result of being smaller which was what always was like that's all i have to do i just have to be smaller and everything's going to be fine no such luck because then you get smaller and then you go you have like imposter syndrome of mm -hmm. like now i'm faking being 
what I what I thought I was because I was miserable there. But but then there's still things to sort through. And this idea of like connecting with self seems incredibly powerful, but also kind of scary. Yeah, I I really have learned that Tai Chi explains it so much better. And I don't even need to tell people, oh, I'm teaching Tai Chi and yoga. I just say it in this way. And every person I've come into contact that has had issues with food, whether it's on eating too much or too little, or just the anxiety of kind of everything in between, I've always kind of noticed if I touch them or come near them, there's this a little bit of what's called in Tai Chi double doing. You're doing the movement, but you're also doing it with your mind and a little bit of extra force. And what I've learned with the healing arts is just doing it to feel better doesn't come across or help somebody do it. But if I can show that without the double doing of it, use what you need, rest everything else that you don't, that relaxation is super important for you to actually achieve physically what you want to do or achieve the meeting or whatever the person cares about. So I love that concept of Wu Wei. It's sort of be in the position that you're doing. It's really challenging or whatever, but let your breath move you and relax on every exhale. Your inhale, you're doing something, but really your breath is carrying you and lifting you upward if you allow yourself to soften in that. So there's been a lot of kind of cool things I've got to learn without really telling somebody, hey, you know, I notice you don't eat enough and you're worried about that or you eat too much of just helping these people kind of soften a little bit in themselves where I put my body in the room next to them, or if I touch them, if I leave them alone, whatever, there's a lot of opportunity in there to help people just simply soften and, and be more efficient in, in how they are in their bodies. And then all of a sudden that just translates into your choices for sure. Right. Do you, have you, have you had the experience where somebody um, maybe had this idea of what they wanted or who they wanted to be that then completely evaporated on on some level where they were just like oh that's completely meaningless this thing you know what i mean like i think about it most easily with like material things like i really need this kind of car and then you get the car and you're like this car sucks i don't need this car or something and but that maybe that's just like persistently uh, unsatisfied but like do you find that people's goals will shift and realign doing that kind of thing? Every single time, <laughs> yeah. every single time, whether it's a big thing or a small thing. And that's the cool thing about it. It doesn't happen. There's no magic in the yoga pose for that, but it's absolutely how you practice. I mean, when you're sitting down with yourself, moving your body, you're practicing, noticing how you feel, and then you can't ignore that. I mean, you said earlier that makes you really uncomfortable. Or you're just not used to it. But, but you're still there with you and it might be hard, but you're, you know, you might be start thinking about whatever, and then you choose to come back and you're still doing it. You're noticing literally how you feel. So automatically you're going to go and say, wait a minute, I don't want that car. I want this car. I, I don't want to be in that relationship. I want to be in this relationship. And it's so funny to me. I feel because I'm in the position I'm in, people come up to me after either a month or a year or whatever, they write an email if it's online and everybody's life completely changes for the better. Usually, you know, it's not, it's not usually, oh, everything was going so well. And then I did this whole softness thing. And now my life is a drag. <laughs> it's usually something changed or I decided to change myself. It doesn't feel for most people like something's happening to them. It feels 
of course, much more another corny word, empowering, you know, oh, I realize I've been going down this path and I actually want to go in that direction so I can drop all these things that I was doing and head that way or, you know, from, from changing career, which is always really exciting to fixing, not really fixing so much, but supporting your own health in a better way. You know, I think it's great when people that are overscheduled with all of their appointments of people to fix them, realize they can just choose one <laughs> and, right. and really say, say into that. But, but yeah, every single time it, it works, that's, you know, that's kind of one of the major side effects for everybody. Right. You, you gotta, you wind up doing a big adjustment. Like yeah. it's a, it's really, I think, um, in those terms, it's really just like a perspective shift, right? Because all of this, I think the world is all perspective, right? Like we're experiencing it from our perspective and it is possible to uh, understand that if there's another perspective, then it's possible for you to also have a different perspective, I, I think. And so um, I find those uh, shifts really um, interesting, mm. you know, um, and then I try to relate on some level, like when I think about it in very blunt, literal terms, do you remember this, uh, this meme that went around where it was a dress and some people saw blue oh. and black and some people saw white and gold or something like that. I think those were the colors. Like my, my children were furious with me over mm. my answer <laughs> to what I saw and they thought I was lying and they thought I was mm. doing this horrible thing to them. And then you just go like, I don't know if we have defined these words differently. And so the words that I associate with those colors are different than the words you associate with them, but they were clearly seeing something different than I was seeing. And so if that's possible, like what else are we experiencing differently? We like, we laughed at the same movie at the same points, but maybe something completely different was funny to them than was to me, you know? Um, and if that's true, how can my perspective change and, and who am I? What does that mean? You know, I think it's incredible. And also I think it's, it's nothing people need to be scared about like, Oh no, I don't want my life to change. My life is so great. I mean, one silly thing just for myself that's changed doing this is every time I meet somebody, I feel so happy to get to connect and share this idea of softness. Even if we don't talk about it, I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I can bend my knees a little bit and breathe deeper. And maybe that person says, Oh, how are you? I feel so nice being around you. What do you do? And it's not about getting to know them or telling them about what I do with my life. It's just this opportunity to connect with people in the world in a meaningful way. And that's kind of my little thing that I get to walk around with, whether I'm at a conference doing something and connecting with an audience, I still get to turn around and connect with the person delivering the water to somebody else. And we do this little thing and then they feel better. And I know if they feel better, I feel better, but all those little shifts definitely change something about you, whether that changes where you live or, you know, those kinds of things. Sometimes it happens if it's necessary, but how you feel and how you relate to yourself and those around you always improves and deepens and it's nothing to be scared about. It's super exciting. Can we talk about softness? I want to understand this more because for, I, I want to, I just want to be upfront with you. And, and I recognize this is also perspective and total, like just made up nonsense, but it is the made up nonsense that plays that 
that my life is playing out to, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's so, your nonsense. <laughs> it's my, it's my nonsense. I recognize that it's nonsense. I don't think it's real, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I think part of why like m- mindfulness, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know the right word to describe what it does to me, but I have this idea of like, you got to be tough. You got to be mm-hmm. strong. You got to be hard. And so you're saying softness. And I'm like, what would that be like? Is that, is that weak? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I want to understand it because I also think that what you're saying is there's an openness and, and like that I'm super scared of because like, I want to be shut down to everything and just follow my code and my plan. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. This is the most exciting topic to share for sure. So this doesn't come from rose petals and all of this. This comes from, and you would appreciate this. I mean, I have friends that are special forces and military and, you know, just like you strong guys that get a lot done and softness. What it really is by definition, isn't the opposite of strength and kind of being tough. It's what makes strength possible. So at the base of softness, it's this ability for you to be movable. So imagine, I mean, I have no military training myself. But- oh, no, no. But I just, I just thought of a, I just thought that. of a great analogy. It's like, um, it's like steel. Hmm. If, if steel is the harder it is, the more apt to break. Rigid. Yes. The more rigid it is, it can snap, but if it's soft, it will bend, but it won't break. So, so in that, exactly. in those terms, like if, if you're going to be tackled mm-hmm. and you yeah, just want to be easy, <laughs> you want, yeah, you want to go with it a little bit. Exactly. Cause if you're just planted, you might get mm-hmm. toppled. I get it. Okay. That's exactly, softness is awesome. Softness is awesome. So it's, it's sort of the thing that makes everything happen. So, and also ease and, and there's rigidity, which is sort of the opposite of softness. You don't want to be rigid. Rigid leads to burnout, stress, all that crap but it also leads to you not being able to do as much as possible. So yeah, softness is awesome because if you, and what it is, is two things, kind of a mechanical being bendable. So yeah, if you're playing sports and somebody touches you, you want to be able to bend a little bit, but you also need to be emotionally, whether it's relaxed or soft, that kind of whole self softness. And then from there, that's when your breath starts to move you. So whether you're doing something easygoing and gentle, like walking or some gentle yoga or really intense even weightlifting or sports, your breath can still really move you and carry you. I think this is why kind of high-performance athletes always look so graceful and they make it look easy because they're practicing that efficiency and they're practicing not being rigid and they're kind of looking at all their bad habits and where they're holding tension and you know, to some degree softening wherever they, they need to. But yeah, softness is awesome because it's the kind of foundation for strength. Right. I get it. This makes sense now. It's not a bad word. It's not a word that that you need to shy that I need to shy away from. And it wasn't I wasn't saying that I was just like, am I supposed to be just like weak or what is it? But no, I like that. And and how do we achieve softness? It's just through um, a practice of moving with breath, because when you say movement with breath, in martial arts, they want you to, you know, uh, punctuate things with breath. When I lift weights, and, and I must say, um, there was a time when I was a little kid in class and the teachers told everybody, like, close your eyes mm. and listen for a minute. And we all listened for a minute. And then she started asking, OK, this kid, what did you hear? This kid, what did you hear? Mm. This kid, what did you hear? And one of them said, I heard Ethan breathing. 
And so from that moment on, I was just, it was my mission. Like nobody will hear me breathe. So if I had to walk up a flight of stairs, I was holding my breath. I'd walk into an elevator. I'm holding my breath. I'm not breathing around people. So it's actually become quite difficult for me to, I'll find myself holding my breath when Mm -hmm. I lift weights and it's super inefficient. Mm -hmm. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I have to talk myself out of it a lot. So Movement with breath sounds like another hurdle for me, but it sounds very interesting. I like a challenge. Well, softness is awesome. I love, I love that you, that sounds like a t-shirt. It's so good. Yeah. But I, I love this idea that it's not only moving with the breath, it's really allowing your breath to move you. So when you, and softness is an action. So when you bend yourself a little bit, whether you're doing your weightlifting stance or walking or movement or whatever, when you bend a little bit and then relax a little bit, you'll notice your breath actually starts to become bigger and fuller. So probably for you, you know, maybe it's just that, I don't know, experience of allowing your breath to move you, realizing you breathing is not a bad thing. It's actually your breath becoming more big, more full. If there's anybody around you, it's signaling them to relax and soften and and to simply be themselves. So I always think about softness, like somebody opening the door and your breath is right outside saying, what took you so long? (laughs) And then your breath literally just starts to move you. I mean, you can do exercises all day long and you're really strong and you can do those exercises. But if you allow your breath to lift you up and move you down, your inhale literally picks you up and out kind of like a big ball expanding and your exhale relaxes and moves you inward. So whether you're the movement is up and down or out and in, it doesn't matter. Letting your breath take you that way and then take you back this way happens naturally whenever you allow yourself to soften and relax. And usually it happens for everybody when you are relaxed. If you're on vacation or sitting on the beach or whatever you're doing, you know, everybody kind of does that. But we can do that in the middle of a challenge too and let your breath move you, which is pretty cool because softness is awesome. <laughs> softness is awesome. I'm loving softness so far. Like softness feels like um a state of enlightenment that I need to achieve. It's like, how long do I have to sit under the Bodhi tree to get (laughs) softness? You know what I mean? Like I want it. Um, Is there, is there a, do you have a formula or a, I don't, I don't like the word trick, but like, do you have something for. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, to turn off uh, the noise that we create for ourselves, like stress, rigidity. Because um, I think a big part of what you're saying is to relax. And and that's not super easy. No, I mean, was it some quote from the Dalai Lama said, all you Americans yell at each other to relax, relax. <laughs> right, which is the the last reaction anybody will have is to actually relax. I get tense. Somebody tells me to relax. It's like, you want to fight? What's happening here? Yeah, so softness is an action. It's great. And to kind of create the, the, the stage or the set for it to happen, and you know this from all your sports, it's being in a good body position. So if you're, you know, or somebody is kind of holed up or whatever at their computer and they're listening to this and, you know, you say soften, they're like, what? And that nothing's going to soften because you're not in a good body position. So if you, whether sitting or standing, doing whatever kind of activity, you know, move yourself a little bit from your center, find your feet on the ground, your hands on the ground, whatever, then bend yourself a little bit, be bendable, and then let yourself soften and notice what happens. Notice how you feel. That's kind of a cool action. You don't need to try to turn off your mind. All of a sudden your breath and your body are in conversation with each other. And that's really where those whether they're little voices or whatever that say, oh, I'm sore here. And that relates to that thing that I was doing yesterday or that thing I was stressing out about. It kind of doesn't turn off your mind, but it gets your mind talking about the more important things that will help you in that way. And if we spend too much time with the rigidity and the stress, we don't hear that voice or that intuition or whatever it is. I mean, it's got a lot of corny words, but just those like, oh, I should do that. Or I should, I should stretch over here a little bit more. I should email that person back or whatever those, those things are just noticing what's happening with you. And then of course, when you notice what happened, what's happening with you, it's so much easier to notice what's happening around you. We can't really pay attention to each other in a, in any kind of useful way if we're not being in, in conversation with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, when I think about the most badass guys I know who I just think like, I wish I could do X like that guy, like that mm-hmm. guy knows how to do it. There is, they have, I, I, I am leery to suggest softness upon yes. them, but <laughs> they have that, you know, like they're in a fight and they're completely relaxed mm-hmm. and they're completely uh, in control over everything and moving and there's no rigidity to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my wife uh, can have somebody uh, like some, but yell at her. And for me, 
somebody yells at my wife and I am, my hackles are up and the hair on the back of my neck is standing and I'm utterly rigid and she's laughing and like, don't, don't just ignore that person. You know what I mean? Like, so I think this is like a superpower. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's the thing beyond all things. Maybe there's a, a more macho or more cool way of putting it, but there's no, a, I, I, we're going with softness. Softness, <laughs> no, is, softness awesome. is awesome, but, but also the, the practice of, of, of it, there's something or phrase called Wu Wei. And I kind of wish it would be like Wu Wei all the way, <laughs> but, right. but Wu Wei is another Tai Chi phrase that literally translates somewhat into use what you need, rest what you don't. Right. So it really makes sense from that efficiency mindset of when we see people practicing, you know, Michael Jordan a million times doing, I mean, I'm just like, you know, I don't know who the cool ones are now, but, you know, sure. doing it so many times and then it looks so easy. It looks so efficient, but that's that practice of, of Wu Wei, of that sustainability of there's not one ounce working that doesn't need to be working. And that doesn't happen when you start, but that's the practice forever. And that's why this kind of practice is so cool because it's not like, okay, I've got that. I figured it out. You know, there's guys and women too, that have been doing Tai Chi in all different forms or, or even not knowing they're doing it. And when they're, they're better when they're 80 and 90 than they were when they're 30, 40 and 50. And I think that's just super cool because it's not focused on just um, getting a muscle a certain way or just accomplishing one thing, but it's focusing on how you're moving in, and are you moving in harmony with yourself and to some capacity, those around you. And when, when doing that, like the practice, it is patterns, right? It's not abstract. Oh yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> right. So okay. Good. It's, it's absolutely a thing with, with, with movement, it's move from your center. So if you move from your middle, it'll show you where to put your hands and your feet. You know, we often just say, even in yoga, they have these silly mats where everything's drawn out for you. When your pinky should go there or whatever. And oh, wow. what happens if you're five, six or five, eight, I mean, anything to make some money or whatever, but, but really it's kind of silly because we're all, we all have different proportions, but when you move from your middle, your, your body will essentially show you how to, how to move better. And that's the practice, whether you're doing Tai Chi or yoga or weightlifting or sports, it's that centered based movement is really the beginning after you know, the foundation of softness, but then using what you need, resting what you don't, I think can get people really, really far into kind of figuring out where the rest of your body should be with whatever activity you're doing. And what would people just go find a Tai Chi class or, if yeah. or, or where is this available? Cause I've not, I've only seen people doing it in the park. And then suddenly I even say that and I'm like, God, I don't even know if I'm allowed to go do that with them today. I'm sure I was when I was a kid, but now there's all kinds of other dumb considerations on stuff like that, <laughs> which I think are stupid, but like, is that what people do? Go to, just go down to the, that's park? what people do. I mean, I think that's the coolest thing about Tai Chi is, you know, there's, every Chinatown has a group of people doing it. And I've, I've joined in and they're totally cool with it. They think it's fun, but we have videos online on our website. My husband's been doing this stuff his whole life. He came from more of a martial arts and military background. And finally, I just said, because in that background, it's, it's kind of not everywhere because the people who are doing it aren't thinking of themselves as teachers of it in that way. But I started learning it and also learning Shiatsu. And I'm like, come on, just put some stuff out there because a lot of the Tai Chi, it's not as popular as yoga in a good way. So you don't have tons of it, but if you just search it online, you'll find like, <laughs> you know, somebody in a low deep squat, that's actually terrible for your knee or more of the performance 
right. parts of it, not the actual functioning art of it. But yeah, we have a lot of videos on our site and on, on our app as well. Okay. Um, but there's, but there's some online, but I, yeah, I think it's great just to find the older Asian people doing it because they're doing it and they're not trying to perform it or be good at it as well. And most of that community that are practicing those things look pretty healthy and are pretty healthy in that way. But, but yeah, I would start online with some videos if, if people want, or if you want. Yeah. You, you, you know, I see them and it looks like they're doing what I think of my grandparents having done every day, which was their evening constitution. You know, mm -hmm. like this is um, I, not medicinal necessarily, but like, this is a part of life, right? Yes. That's, that's what it, it looks like to me. It looks like this is a practice that is um, very deeply woven into how they live. So I, I guess that would be my concern is like, I don't want to go and disturb that aspect of their life. Number one, but um, if there's like, and also like, I would be embarrassed, which I'm sure is the last thing you're supposed to be experiencing while doing this. So I, I would probably try to look at my computer and do it in my bedroom <laughs> alone if, for the first few times. Sure. Yeah. I, whatever makes you comfortable for sure. I have never been turned away from people just doing it. I think people do something they're normally happy to share. And yeah. if not, you just keep walking or whatever. But right. you know, another simple practice that comes from Tai Chi and also Shiatsu, which also was started in the home and in Japan, family members practicing on other family members, you know, leaning and working with the meridians for helping all kinds of health problems and things like that until it became a profession, I think originally for the blind, so they could kind of see or just feel the body. And then now it's kind of more of a formal thing. But something I learned from that as well as Tai Chi is just crawling down to the ground as easy as you can, not kind of hopping up and down using your knees, but really moving as best as you can. And just simply having crawling be your practice for five minutes of the morning and the day. And I, I, it's silly, but I do that every day and I learn so really? much from it. And it's actually a good um, practice for people who have any kind of back pain from just a little bit to severe to get your whole body moving from your middle, not from walking on your, you know, with your hands and your knees moving, but just rolling around from your center and moving yourself as easy as you can in the, in the woo way way, not just saying, well, it's easy for me to jump up, but what happens if I use the wall to come up? What happens if I crawl down? Can I get up? Can I get down? These kinds of things are embedded in the actual form of Tai Chi, but it's kind of taking the form away and just doing the practice. Yeah. And then it sounds like it actually becomes almost abstract in that sense where you are actually just moving and figuring out how you're supposed to move based on the mechanics of your body and stuff. Yeah. Moving from your center. I mean, I love, you can even do this while you're cooking dinner, you know, wiping down the counter instead of wiping it with your hand, you know, moving your center and then watching, oh my gosh, I have my hand and the rag and the rag is just moving and I'm just moving my center and I'm, I'm getting so much more done and I'm not tired. You know, your center will do so much more for you than your arms. Even if your arms are really muscular and strong, you're always going to be stronger from your center. Yeah. My, uh, my arms seem to die um, <laughs> very fast when cooking or whisking or mm. anything like that. And then I wind up using my shoulder. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to try using my center. Like it is, it does sound fascinating. Yeah. And, and then um, just building upon that, like this, this achievement of softness, this, this lack of rigidity, 
this is applicable to anything. I think anything we experience, you know, it almost seems like um, the, the reaction that my mind is telling me to have, I quite often am having to go, wait a second. You know, there's many voices. Like I almost feel like a schizophrenic sometimes Mm -hmm. where it's like, there's too many people talking in here. Shut up. Who am I going to listen to? And then which one am I? If there's other, you know what I mean? Like there was this guy, Gurdjieff, who talked about the eyes and how there's many eyes within us. And like, you'll have one eye that's like responsible for this task and one that's sometimes they get their circuits crossed and you'll be doing the wrong task or, or whatever. Um, but to, to, to give that to all aspects of the, the, the fractured sense that my mind has would be really awesome. Yeah. I think, I think this would be really great for you, especially I love when people like you that really get a lot done, take this on because you'll just feel so much better. And probably, I mean, I I don't mean to be like productivity, but you'll, you'll get more done, but also the right things at the right times. I mean, just, just for me, I'm not as ramped up naturally as that, but I, I would be a little bit more worried in most situations. And my worry just goes away when I do this. And I know enough about myself that I have that bad habit of being nervous around, Oh, what if I, what happens if I don't say the right thing in this situation or whatever, I'm, I should go over and talk to that person. If I soften and move myself around, I can bring my whole self to the party, to the situation. I don't have to tell myself to quiet down, but whatever doesn't need to be there just quiets down for the moment. And I can, you know, show up and, and feel better. And I'm not, you know, acting strange, at least hopefully not so much as I would otherwise. (laughs) I mean, no, but this sounds very profound. And I think there's something really to connecting it to a physicality because I'm also a sober guy. And so there have been many instances where I'm preserving my sobriety by going like, holy, holy moly, um, I need to make it through this moment, right? I'm having a bad moment, Mm -hmm. but I know that there will be a good moment again. So I just need to get to that good moment. That is a very rigid time. Mm -hmm. It always has been very rigid. And I'm thinking about what you're saying in softness and, and I'm like just cycling it through my head on how many different areas of my life it applies to. And, you know, I want to go through the drive through of McDonald's and I'm arguing with myself in my head and I'm very tense. Right. And, and this, mm. this idea of uh, softness is something I've often tell myself, like, stop, relax, let it go, calm down, all of this stuff, which builds up more rigidity. Right. And I think I like this idea mm. of attaching it to physicality. Right. Because then you are actually you're going like i'm telling myself what to do i know what to do but when i actually physically do it then the sense of peace comes with it right oh absolutely i mean you just said everything that's important for everybody's issue with 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 relaxation i mean telling yourself to relax is like pushing yourself on the top of your head you know you'd see like a parent sometimes do that, stop doing that on the top of the head, but it doesn't work. It doesn't stop. It's like a, you know, it's going to just fizzle back up like a soda or whatever, but 
You're right. It's in the body. I mean, it's great to have your mind. This isn't like a dumb thing, but keep your mind. But if you can't think your way into everything, so allowing your body to bend and be movable, to relax, to actually soften a little bit, watch your breath move you. Then, but hey, I you also, got- yeah, I also think a lot of uh, the stuff that's affecting our mind is a physiological reaction. And there's like, the there's all <laughs> kinds of hormones and stuff yeah. that are telling us to have a certain type of physicality, which is then causing mental stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, I, I'm really uh, like, I'm going to employ this starting today. <laughs> well, even what you just did, right. When you were talking about it, I was like, this is, this is it. That's, that's the best thing to say because you actually did something. I mean, you know, there's, there's all those things you can do in Tai Chi, like just wiggling your arms and you have to actually let your fingers go. When you do it, you have to give up a a little bit of, you know, you're, you're thinking I need to do something else with my hands and you're letting that go a little bit. You're actually kind of shaking it off, wiggling your way into this idea of softness. It's coming from how you move in that way. And then you can see your own funky habits or be aware of it more. I mean, my habit physically, if I'm teaching yoga and not aware of it is to just be too forward because I'm so excited, but I don't want to put that on people. It makes people be like, what the heck is going on? So I bend myself. I, you know, to me, it almost feels like I need to lean back more. And then when I do it, holy cow, I'm balanced. And then I do it more and I realize I don't feel like I'm leaning back anymore. I feel balanced. So it's not going to feel for most people awesome immediately. It'll feel awesome. Like, holy cow, I'm actually I'm actually movable right now. It's, it's not even like I feel soft as a, you know, a Febreze commercial or whatever. It's, I feel like I have my full range of motion. I feel like I have everything talking to everything else in a good way. The sort of stress responses that like to talk to themselves and keep you all wired and fired and all of those, you know, terms that everybody knows now, just, they don't exist anymore. They're, they're kicked out. Well, yeah, man, because I think um, both uh, mentally and physically like this rigidity is tackling one thing. It's it's Mm -hmm. it's very narrow focused on I'm expecting a blow to come from this area. So I'm just preparing for that or I'm contemplating this one upsetting thing that I'm withholding from myself for the purpose of long-term survival. So it's good to withhold myself from it, but it's, that's all I'm focused on it. And, and to your point, like this softness is opening up to like, there's so much more that that thing becomes insignificant almost. And you're prepared for it too. Yeah. I mean, unless you're lifting a car up to get a baby out from under it, you I mean, you're not going to do softness then, you know, you're just going to get it done. But for every other situation, we're practicing being stressed out while we're doing the simplest things. So how are we going to be able to do anything challenging at all? So softness really allows you to feel better when you're doing the, the things that should be easy and allows you to do hard things in a much easier way as well. So you can do more and accomplish more and be yourself in the process. Yeah, I'm not going, I wouldn't suggest like practice this midway through a heavy squat. (laughs) But for me, the way I would apply it is I do catch myself sometimes still holding my breath, Mm. which I connect only to childhood incidents Mm. of being made fun of for breathing too loudly. And I go, first of all, who cares? You're Mm. in a gym. Everybody's breathing heavy. Shut the fuck up. 
And second of all, you're going to do better at what you're doing if you breathe. So that is like certainly softer than I'm being when I'm holding my breath. So I think that I think that two degrees, I could probably um, apply this in in very many aspects of my life. Yeah, this is an all the time thing. I mean, even between your are they called repetitions (laughs) (laughs) between the repetitions? I mean, even standing there softening yourself, allowing yourself to breathe big and full, noticing how you feel and then getting going back into the next thing and see how that seeing how that affects how you move in it. You don't have to do it in the middle of the challenge. You do it when the, there is no challenge and then it just starts to seep in and affect how you do everything else for sure. And then I'm sure all the people at the gym will kind of come over and say, Hey, can I do that too? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'm up for that challenge yet, <laughs> but I am going to pra- I'm going to figure it out for myself. It seems very exciting. I'm excited for you. I mean, breathing is awesome and allowing yourself the ability to be easy enough. So your breath literally feels invited and comes in and supports you and is full and big. That's not a bad thing. That's not a weak thing at all. And, no. and knowing that, you know, knowing how to use your breath to actually work for you, you know, even in yoga, there's, I mean, again, so many different things going on, but it's not so useful to hold a pose and just count your breath. You can be in that position for as long as you want, but if you allow yourself in that position to be movable, you can still be in the position. Nobody knows the difference if they look at you, but let your breath lift you on your inhales and lower you on your exhales. Then I can stay there 10 times longer than somebody 10 times stronger than me. Who's not applying that softness principle. I've done that with kind of high level business guys I've got to teach yoga with. And, you know, they come in and they're, they're a lot like you, they get a lot done, but they have this fundamental, a lot of them had this fundamental problem of either being burned out or whatever that the issue was. So for them, I would just hold a plank pose with them and say, let's see who can hold it longer. And me being, you know, scrawny or whatever, and them being muscly and going to the gym. And after a minute or so, they could still be there, but they were sweating bullets and the pool of sweat was getting bigger. And I'm just there and they're wondering, you know, is it your arm length? What's going on? And all I'm literally doing is softness. So I'm not moving around or taking breaks. I'm just being a little bit bendable and letting my breath move me. And it's still challenging for me, but I can outlast, you know, so many people that are stronger than me that way who aren't applying. Now, if they applied softness, they could stay for hours. You know? right. <laughs> right. It's in the application, but I think it's also probably something you have to train yourself to do a bit, right? This is not like Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I, I think it I think it, it requires some work. You get better at it the more you do it, just like anything else. And the cool thing is that I'm hopeful specifically for you is you do it once. I mean, right there when you're explaining it, that was beautiful. That was perfect. So you do it at the gym, maybe in between reps, and then you do it while you're cooking in the kitchen. Instead of stirring up here, you kind of move from your middle and maybe you adjust where you hold the bowl so it's not on the counter. Oh, I can actually wait a minute, I could change everything about this. I could move my equipment around or whatever. You just get more involved with, with the things that you're working with. You start to create more body position with yourself and others or yourself and the blender, whatever it is, or the, yeah. the stirring. And then you just see more and more opportunities to practice. And, and that's the cool thing about it. It's, oh, wow, this is so cool. I can see myself improving in this. I want more. I can do this in this time. And then it starts to become, you're going to the drive-thru and you say, wait a minute, I don't really want to be here right now. I can soften, roll around a little bit and go pick up, you know, some raw almonds or whatever your healthier choices that you actually yeah. would enjoy, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I just think it, it, it definitely is a, a way to connect that, you know, cause I have a lot that I'm talking to myself about mm. all day long. And when I'm doing that, I become very singularly focused on whatever that is. And now that can be good sometimes, I guess, but, but there's also a lot of stuff that I'm trying to avoid. And so if I'm hyper-focused on the things I'm trying to avoid, that is rigidity. That is like the epitome of being rigid. And that is when, and if I break, which I probably will, if I stay rigid, mm-hmm it's all a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. It's all, it, 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 there's, it's very hard to come back from a full break like that. Whereas softness, you're also kind of what I'm gathering is you're being a little bit easier on yourself too, which I find to be something I need to do more of. Yeah, exactly. And that's different for, for everybody. I mean, people do the strangest things. We do the strangest things to ourselves to tell ourselves that we're doing a good job you know, you're not going to, you lose the capacity of your brain when you apply this softness practice, but you will kind of, all of the other noise just starts to drop off in that way. Just like people do anything and things start to improve. And, you know, those unuseful voices just say, Hey, no one's listening to me anymore. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I'm truly, I really am truly excited because like, uh, this is something I've thought about a lot. And this is a very kind of easy um, thing that I can fully see helping, you know, it's like, it's like, I, like, I hope everybody who's listening to this can just like 
move around a little bit and wiggle your body and feel soft and go like in that tense moment, like that could help you. You know, and it's like kind of like this idea of like, if you just start smiling, eventually you'll find something to smile about. Right. And so like, <laughs> just start moving your body and, and like you, I, I feel looser. I Hmm. feel less tense just doing that. Oh, it's so good. See, you're such a great teacher of it too, but that's what happens. You bend a little bit and you practice when there's no big challenge first, you know, you could practice in a conversation like this. I mean, we're just having a good time. You can practice when you're listening to this, you can practice first thing in the morning or whenever it comes to you. I mean, you don't need to practice in the middle of a super important meeting. But if you take a little bit of time before that meeting to soften, relax, move yourself around, you're going to feel better. You're going to have use of your whole self. You're going to connect better with that person. And then maybe after some time, you'll start to notice yourself in that important meeting also. Oh, okay. I can soften right now. I can do this. Or I'm, I'm actually, wow, I'm doing this with most of my time. This is pretty cool. And it just starts to happen. So there's no need to worry about the process of improving at all. It just, it will change and improve everything for sure. I love it. (laughs) Tara, thank you so much. Like, I'm really excited to try this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited for you. I mean, you are such a high achieving person and I really truly believe that, you know, you doing this, it's not phony or anything. It just, it, it will just help you feel better. For oh, sure. no, I literally can spot 10 times today. It could mm. have helped me like just today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm running through my life going like, I'm really excited about this <laughs> because, uh, you know, I, I get tense sometimes. I think this is a natural thing. Lots of people feel, um, stress and, 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 and tension and like, it's not always easy just to talk yourself out of it, which is what I've been trying to do for a long time. And like, you know, even if it's like, I'm really sad and I'm going to feel silly by doing this movement, which is fair, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I will feel better, you Mm know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in you. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Amazing. Tara, thank you so much. Thank you. And now for the Q and a, Here is a question for you from Josh. Hi, Josh. Josh says, I don't quite know where to start. First, thank you for sharing your story. I just found your podcast and started binging this week from your first episode. This is my first podcast, by the way. I'm a 38-year-old single dad with three daughters and my son at home with me. I've struggled with weight my entire life. Obesity spans generations in my family and I've joked that our family photo would require a reinforced wall to hang. I'm 6'2", and quite recently topped the scale at 526 pounds. I'm currently at 508. Since 25, I have documented weight loss via programs of 300 pounds, and my total loss and gain is actually closer to 600 in the last 13 years. Man, that's fucking painful to hear. Yeah. He says, I have so many questions, but I bet that some will be answered as I progress through American Glutton. My first is that it seems you got into biking during your first big weight loss. Did you find a bike with sufficient weight capacity? And is there one you would recommend? He says, also just any advice you might give someone with almost the same body build as you when you began. Okay. Well, I want to just say... When I really got into biking, I weighed probably 400 pounds. 
and I just rode a beach cruiser. I, I, I think it was a Schwinn beach cruiser. Very, very sturdy bike. When I was around 300, maybe 320, I got, a, you know, a road bike. I, I thought of it as a 10-speed, but it might have not had 10-speeds. It might have had more. I'm, I'm not totally sure. Maybe it was 10-speeds. Um, the brand was Janus, and uh, it was a very light steel-framed bike, very strong. Um, I don't know. I I never did that at 500 pounds for me at 500 pounds, just going on a walk was sufficient exercise. And when I was around 400 pounds, I, I started going to a gym and then, and then I lost weight down to 300. Then I gained weight. Then I started biking. So it was in, it was in there, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was all in there. I, I, I think at 500 pounds, you could ride a, a, a bike. I, I, I know you, I mean, I know there are bikes that could support you, um, but I wouldn't do it on one of those very, very light um, road bikes. Like I wouldn't do it on something carbon fiber. Um, you just don't need, you don't need any of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. But, but. Walking is great exercise. Uh, biking is uh, far more low impact, I guess, than bike biking. But even a stationary bike or an assault bike, um, you know, one of those bikes where the handlebars move too, those are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Elliptical awesome. machines are low impact. Yeah, those are great. Like you yeah. can get, I mean, you get, I always forget that that's there in the gym or, you know what I mean? You can get so much um, benefit from those. Those are amazing. Yeah. But, but I, but I do think there is something fun about being outside and feeling the wind and, and, and having that movement. And so I would, I just know when I was heavier riding a beach cruiser was the most substantial bike I could find. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I wish you very good luck. Yeah. And I think that I'll just say I'm excited for him to be on the beginning of the American Glutton, you know, catalog of episodes because you address this type of um, stuff, you know, throughout throughout. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. There'll be so much there. Yeah. Great. Well, if you have a question you would like answered on this podcast, please send it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.